0: This season's gonna end on a double doink.
1: One unbelievable. the olympics euros baseball and major championships and concerts are all this summer you know what isn't a wild and hairy bush tame your pubes with help from our friends at manscape the leaders in below the waist grooming their fourth generation performance package includes the brand new lawnmower 4.0 if an athlete treats their body like royalty why not treat their pubes like the olympic gold medal fellas do right by your balls and join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com using code Doink. The world is starting to open up, and the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is here to help you get ready. Inside, you'll find their brand new lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, the crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, plus two free gifts, performance boxer briefs, and the shed travel bag. Talk about world class discount. Into the post quarantine world, this package is the perfect package for your package and peak performance in whatever sport you desire. The brand new Lawnmower 4.0 is here to take the podium. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has 7,000 RPM motor, a new multi function on and off switch can engage a travel lock, and gives the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed. For a more precise shave, did I mention this showroom is waterproof too? Michael Phelps is drooling over the possibilities. Get 20% off and free shipping using code doink at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping using code doink at manscaped.com. We also want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. Not everyone is someone they can lean on and talk to. That's where BetterHelp comes in. With BetterHelp, you have access to over 20,000 professional licensed therapists. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own professional licensed therapist. If you've ever searched for a counselor in your area, you know it can take weeks or even months just to get a phone call back. With BetterHelp, you can start communicating in as little as 48 hours. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. They make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. You deserve to prioritize your mental health this year, so get 10% off your first month at betterupcom slash double-doing podcast. We want to thank Better Off for sponsoring today's episode. The last sponsor of the day is CoolBet. CoolBet as the most transparent gaming company in the world. CoolBet also provides the best odds in Canada with world-class customer service. For first-time users, use the supposed to go doink, D-O-N-K, doink, for a 100% welcome bonus of $200 when signing up with CoolBet. That's code doink, and CoolBet will match your first deposit. Up to $200. Give our friends at CoolBetKend a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Cool Bet. stay cool and bear responsible. And welcome back to another episode of the Double Doing Podcast. My name is Brendan Deke. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. You can also rate the podcast and review the podcast wherever you do listen to your podcast. It would also be... Greatly appreciate it. We are talking strictly Philadelphia Eagles today with a guy I've been wanting to talk to for a very long time. Really excited for this one today. I am joined by Ruben Frank. He covers the Philadelphia Eagles for NBC Philadelphia. Ruben, how are we doing today? Doing great. How are you doing? I am doing well. Can't complain at all. It is Tuesday and we are talking some birds today. Before we do that, I want to learn more about your come up and how you got to where you are today. Ruben, Kind of. why don't we start with this one? Did you think that you would be a Philadelphia Eagles writer for NBC Sports right now maybe 15 20 years ago. Well, I don't think NBC Sports existed yet. So yeah, good point, good point. Good uh, point. Let's <laughs> say did you think you would be a very well-known Eagles writer by this time 15 20 years ago? Uh, I'm not sure how well known I am, but uh,
0: it, it really was, you know, I started covering the Eagles in 87 for the okay. Burlington County Times, Bucks County Courier. Uh, Doyle's Town Intelligencer, Caucus newspaper. So I did that. And I was still covering high schools and doing both because uh, when you're at a small newspaper, you got to do everything. And, uh, you know, so I covered high school basketball, which I love, and, and track, which I love. Uh, so I started there from in, in 87, the middle of the 87 season, we made a change. Actually, Phil Sheridan became our columnist, Phil, who later was at the Enquirer and uh, ESPN for years and uh lives a few like three miles that way mm-hmm. and still a good friend uh so phil got promoted from eagles writer to to columnist because our columnist got fired <laughs> and uh and they asked me if i wanted to cover the eagles so that was october of 87 and, and i'm still doing it so the only change really is that i went from the burlington county times to comcast sports which became NBC sports philadelphia a few years ago so um it's really i've been doing this half my life so mm-hmm. Yeah, more than half my life. That's crazy. I never really thought about it that way.
1: <laughs> now you're now it's all coming together right now on the podcast. Like, man, I've been doing this for so damn long. Um, did you grow up in Philadelphia area your whole life? No, I did. not I moved
0: here after college. my My parents had moved here while I was in college in Ohio, uh, Ohio Wesleyan, and I didn't have anywhere to go, so I just moved. They lived in uh, uh, Mount Airy, and I just moved there and. I got a job in Jenkintown writing movie blurbs for a, a movie for like a TV guide type thing uh, writing blurbs about movies I had never seen. you know like you, you know those little 50 word like blurbs in the TV listings I had to write those. Okay. it was a, it was the worst job. I did that for a <laughs> month and then I got a job. Like, you of, know,
1: TV guides like you get like the, the TV guides like it, I think it would come like once a week or something right and it would show what's on TV. For the week, is that is that what you're kind of talking about? Yeah, it was – I'm trying to remember what it was called. I think it was called like TV Now or
0: something. It was like they were trying to compete with TV Guide. Okay. And they had regional TV like guides for every every major city. So, gotcha. Uh, I mean, obviously, it was before the internet. This is 1982. And so that's how we found out what was on TV from these little booklets. So they had one for every market. So the movie blurbs obviously they stayed the same if you know so that was that was my job I was in charge of writing movie blurbs it was terrible that was in Jenkintown up in uh, Fox Pavilion I lasted a month there and then uh, actually before I even started there I had applied for a job at the Gloucester County Times in Woodbury New Jersey gotcha. and uh, I got that job a few weeks after I started it at uh, the company in Jenkintown and I you know I started covering high school sports there in 82 uh, I got to cover Flipper Anderson at Paulsboro and some <laughs> great athletes. Uh, uh, Gordy Lockbaum at, at Glassboro, who who uh, was third in the Heisman Trophy balloting. Flipper Anderson, I think for, for a while held the NFL single game receiving record, three hundred thirty six yards, maybe. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I loved it. It was like I was I was making no money. I, I was. I basically was buying my dinner at the mobile station. They had those little like wrapped up turkey sandwiches, you know, <laughs> and I had a mobile gas card and I, I, I just basically put all my meals on there. A little <laughs> turkey sandwich, a little bag of chips and a Pepsi. There you go. Uh, but it was, a, it was like, I couldn't believe it. I was living a dream. I'm writing about sports and, yeah. and, uh, and, you know, enjoying it. So, uh, and then 85, I went over to Burlini Berl- County Times up in Willingboro. And I was there till I went to, uh, to Comcast. So. Uh, yeah, it's it, it. took a while to get to, to get to the big time, I guess. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was worth it.
1: Did um did you were you a football fan
0: kind of your whole life? Were you an NFL guy? No, no, I really wasn't. I was. I'm, I'm. I'm mainly like I grew up as a baseball fan. I grew up playing baseball. Uh, you know, I played little league and you know senior league and American Legion ball, all that stuff. Um, I just, I, I never went to an NFL game before my first Eagles game, which was hmm. Eagles Patriots overtime game in 87 at Foxborough. That was my first football game I ever went to.
1: I went to a couple stars games. Where, and was that your first covered game as well? No,
0: no it was the first game I ever went oh, okay. to. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I'd never been to an NFL game in my life, but, uh, I had to start, I had to start somewhere, but I think it's really helped me that, you know, I, I don't think you can do this job if you're like, if you're a big fan. And I mean, I, look, I, I'm a fan of the, I love the game now and I've really grown to, uh, you know, appreciate it and love it and love the job, but um, it's a lot harder to do it if you've grown up as an Eagles fan, because now you're, you're happy, you're disappointed, <laughs> you're elated, you're crushed, you're devastated. And I don't know, I don't think you really do the job if if you're going through all that, if they lose in the last second or if they win in the last second. So, yeah. you know, I didn't grow up here. Yes. Where I grew up in, um, in, in North Jersey, uh in teaneck a little town called teaneck and then I lived in White Plains, New York. My dad moved a couple times. We moved a couple of times. Uh so I went to White Plains High School with Art Monk, actually a Hall of Fame receiver who played yeah. for the Eagles briefly. We were on the same uh we were on the same lacrosse team in gym class. So that was kind of interesting. interesting. Yeah incredible I I can, Art Monk,
1: my dad's uh my dad's a diehard Washington um well now commanders team uh fan, but uh he was a big Washington fan. So he's got a. Uh, He's got Art Mark somewhere on this wall over here. Nice, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably with uh, Gary Clark and uh, yeah Ricky Sanders. Yeah, Art
0: was. I was on the track team with Art. He was a national champion in the uh, 330 yard hurdles, and then mm-hmm. he could have played lacrosse at Syracuse. He could have run track, but he he played football. It worked out pretty well for him. Uh, but yeah, so uh, you know, I've I've been doing this long enough that I feel like a Philly guy. I've lived here since '82. Yep. That's 40 years.
1: Yeah, 40 years. September, I'll move to Philly. Uh, but awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, congrats on a very long and successful career. Still, best years are in front of you. Why? Def- Why? Definitely long. <laughs> a definitely a <laughs> long career. I don't know about the successful yeah. part. So I'm, I'm a kid from like just outside of Toronto, Ontario, grew up a Diary Eagles fan. I chose the Eagles because my dad's a Washington fan, like the, like the asshole son I am. I chose the rival team and I've been a Diary Eagles fan. And I kind of, I've always loved your work. Cause you've been a stat guy. I've always loved the stats that you throw out. I'm, I'm, I'm a big numbers guy, big stat head. How did this come apart? Like, why did you – let's say why did you focus on stats, but that's kind of what I've always known you for, is you always find these kind of under like, – excuse me, like undertucked book stats. Like you wouldn't find them anywhere else unless Ruben Frank dug them up. Like, how did this all come apart?
0: You know what? It, it goes back. Like, when I played – even when I played Little League, like, I would figure out my batting average in the dirt on first base. Like, if I got a hit – all right, I'm I'm like I'm 13 for 40. Like I would divide it. I'd sit there. I've I've just always liked numbers. Yeah. And then uh, you know, when I st- I started covering track at, at uh at the Gloucester County Times in eighty two, and it's like a really big, like stat-based sport, and there were like no records. There were like nobody kept South Jersey records, nobody kept like anything you know, Gloucester County records. So I just started like compiling them. And I got really like, I think it goes back to that. I just always like numbers. Mm-hmm. And I always want to know, like, all right, this guy just ran a mile in 411. Like, it's the fastest time since when? And nobody knew, like, I want to know that. So, you know, and then when I started covering football, stuff would happen. Like, you know, that was, that was like, uh you know, Mike Quick's, 700 yard game this year. Who's the last Mm -hmm. Eagle with 700 yard games? And like nobody knew. So I started like keeping track of all that stuff and researching it. And I I got all the old like sporty news guides going back to the 70s to try to fill in the blanks. There's no internet. You couldn't look this stuff up. It was all by hand,
1: all by hand, maybe.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I still have all my old like, man, I kept all the box scores. I had all the box scores going back to like, I think like 78. And I would take, I would, I, I xeroxed them into miniature, into miniature box scores, and I took them with me to every game, like so I could look the stuff up. So now it's easy. Now you, you know it, it doesn't take much time. You don't have to yeah. carry books around with you. But I've always liked numbers, and I want people to know. Like if that's, you know, the Eagles held a team to, you know, seventy-one yards in the second half, people want to know when's the last time they they did that. So, you know. If that's my niche, I'll I'll take it because I I like providing that info that other people aren't.
1: Just a quick in your, so I'm not going to give the whole thing away. But in your, you sent an article. Um, I think it was, like you did do 10 instant observations, which is one of my favorite articles to read every week. You had a Brian okay. Westbrook stat. What was that? What was that Brian Westbrook stat that you had? Oh man, you're gonna
0: ask. You're gonna put me on the spot. That had to do with the uh, 2006 playoffs, right? I believe uh, so. Yeah. 2008 play. Yeah. 2006 playoffs when he had uh, he had back to back games with what was a hundred and some odd yards and a seven zero average. He's basically the only person in history to have back to back playoff games. And you have to give me the
1: exact number because I don't have it in front of me. So in it 2006 was- postseason, Brian Westbrook ran 20 times for 141 yards in a wild card over the Giants and 13 times for 116 yards and a loss for the Saints the week later. That makes him the only player in NFL history with consecutive postseason games with 12 or more carries and a 7-yard rushing average.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. like I, I do the 10 observations and we're sitting here in the middle of June and <laughs> there's not a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, but I like I like to do those every week just to, you know, like just so I you know, people have something every week to read. Sure. And I try to put like a couple stats in there each week that uh, you know, I just sit there and just—I don't even know. I, I just kind of just keep looking at different years and stats and games, and until something jumps out at me, and then see if I can quantify it. But this is what I do in my spell. I don't have any hobbies. I don't play golf. <laughs> you know, I, I just—I just sit there in front of my laptop, like maybe I could find a Jordan Matthews statue. Let's <laughs> let's, let's see what we got. So That's it's awesome. kind of a it's kind of a time drain, but it's fun. Yeah.
1: Okay, so let's talk about the birds. Currently, they've been actually, they were one of the only teams that's been in the news over the last couple of days. We're in kind of the dead zone of the NFL up until basically you guys go to training camp, which is one of the better times when you're covering the team. Uh, one of the better times in the NFL calendar. But um, let's start with the Jaquiski Tarts signing, um, Ruben. What, is, uh, what does he bring to the team? And do you think he, I guess, gets a starting job week one?
0: I, I don't think so. I'm, I'm not the world's biggest Anthony Harris fan. I agree. I, I, thought, I thought they should have kept Rodney McLeod. I thought he was playing well by the end of the last year. Uh, I, I do think a lot of Marcus Epps, I think he's going to be really good. Uh, hmm. He played well last year in limited reps, but, I mean, he's physical. He's smart. He's tough. He's around the ball. He's never out of position. Uh, but the other safeties I'm just not a big fan of. I, I think Tart at this point in his career is a depth guy. You know, Anthony Harris played under Gannon in, in Minnesota. Gannon likes him. Um, he's, it's his second year in the defense. Uh, I'd be surprised if Tart. you know, Tart. I mean, he started 60-some-odd games in his career, but he's never really been a full-time starter over a number of years. Mm-hmm. He's an older guy now. Uh, he, he kind of – he's one of those guys that it sounds great, but when we get to final cuts, we're all going to be like, you know, is Tart going to make the team? Uh, so – like maybe he'll come in and have a great camp, but I think he's a depth move. It's a guy like, let's bring him in. It's not going to cost us anything. We don't have to give him a bonus. If he can play, he'll
1: help us. If he can't, no harm done. Mm. Uh, I'd be really surprised if, if he's starting this year. I don't know. I don't know the stat. I'm wondering if you do off the top here. Do you know how much three-safety looks Eagles played in 2021? Like, does Gannon a Gannon three-safety guy? I can't really remember. I don't have it in front of me.
0: Well, he was rotating guys the last maybe six or seven weeks. He started You know, Rodney McLeod a guy that played like 99.9% of the snaps when he was healthy. And all of a sudden, he was down to like 60, and he was playing Epps and and Harris and McLeod, and he was rotating him. They weren't playing at the same time, but uh, he was rotating him, uh, and it worked pretty well. I thought Rodney started playing better. Maybe he's coming off an ACL. It was going to take a while. Uh, But, um, yeah, I I think, look, if you're a backup safety, you better help out on special teams. You better... You know, so at a guy who's in what is eighth or ninth year, is he going to be ready to do that? I don't know. We'll see. Um, I don't want to be too negative. I mean, maybe he'll come in and play really great, but I don't think it's a lot that he'll be here.
1: Okay. So, um, minicamp finished up, was it, like almost two weeks ago now? Yeah. Um, kind of off until training camp. Why don't you give me your kind of your overall thoughts of what you saw at minicamp?
0: Yeah. I, I hate to, I, you don't see anything. Like, really, they're going seven on seven. Uh, we were it was open two days to the media so it was the first tuesday and then the last i think it was friday so we saw basically about an hour and 45 minutes half of which was individual so just kind of quarterback or the receivers against air uh and the rest was seven on seven so it, it would be it would be silly to draw any conclusions i do think Jalen looks good he was putting the ball where he wanted to whether that's going to translate into more consistent season in year three for him. Who knows? Um, so it's, it's look, I, I know everybody was tweeting, oh, this, this happened on this play and this guy looks mm-hmm. great. That guy looks great. But I I've been doing this long enough to know that what you see in June really has no bearing on, you know, there's no pad Once they put pads on, you can kind of start to get an impression of these guys. And that'll be, I think, I think it's July 27th. I think it's the first day of practice down at the Novacare. So after that, you start to form an opinion. But, you know, these guys are just learning the system, learning the offense, learning the defense. So I'll tell you what, Jordan Davis is huge. That's one thing
1: <laughs> yeah. that you can't, you know, you just can't escape. Uh, and you, you've seen, you've seen, like, how many different athletes going through the care complex. Like, he stood out to you like he's that big. Yeah,
0: and he looks good. I mean, he actually looks fitter now than, you know, in April the first time we saw him after the draft. He came in the day after the draft. Uh, he's got a nutritionist, and he's got to do that because he's not going to play if he can't get into shape. You know, at Georgia, he could get away with playing 30 snaps because they had, like, 200 All-Americans. You know, he's just bringing yeah. waves of guys in. Uh, but in the NFL, you know, there's a 53-man roster. Uh, 46 guys are up on game day. Uh, so you better be ready to to play hard in the fourth quarter, and that's something he never really had to do. Uh, play late in games in, in college. So uh he looks good. I think he looks better. Uh he looks pretty fit. He's got to keep that going. Uh but yeah, he's huge. Um you know so that's the kind of thing you're looking for. Like Jalen looked a little
1: different. He looked a little I thought he looked a little leaner. Uh he was yeah, there, there's, there's a picture that kind of went viral. It's like he's got his biceps looks a little more jacked than than last year. I think it was kind of going viral around on the sports shows. <laughs> yeah, I mean that could just be the angle. Who knows?
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he's always been pretty fit, but uh, he looked good. He, I mean, he's still two twenty-two. He said, but he looks—it looks like it's a little more distributed, the right way. So mm-hmm. not, not that he was out of shape. I mean, you don't—you don't run for eight hundred yards if you're out of shape. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I thought he looked good, and you know, you don't want to put too much into it, but you know, he certainly certainly kept you know throwing the ball uh where he wanted to for the most part. So that was encouraging. Yeah. Um, you know, it was good to see Miles Sanders healthy and uh, it, it's such a big year for him. Mm-hmm. And, uh you know, so we'll see how that goes. I would have loved to see Devon Allen because he's gonna be like one of the big stories of training camp. Yeah. Uh but you know he he had COVID the two days that we were down there. He was there earlier for the rookie camp, but we weren't we weren't allowed in there. Back in the old days we were allowed in everything, you know, mm-hmm. but those days are gone, so yeah. they they kind of pick and choose when we can go in. Uh, but yeah, certainly Devon Allen, Devon Allen is going to be uh, is going to be fun to watch in camp. Okay, I want to let's
1: stick with the Devon Allen top. I was I was going to ask him about him later, but now that we have him, uh, now yeah. that he's been brought up. So I've been kind of I was peeking around like Jalen Rager's contract. Like, what if what if there's potentially doesn't make the team? Like everyone kind of assumes like, hey, he's maybe a lock because he was a first round pick and. Thinking not so fast here. The Eagles would have to eat about $2.4 million off the cap this year if they were to cut him. That's not crazy. Okay. Especially from a guy that's gotten a lot of heat and the media hasn't played very well. And now the Eagles have a loaded wide receiver. room. Like you can, you can make like you got Adrian Brown, Devonta Smith, Quez Watkins, Greg Ward, Devon Allen. Like a lot of teams only keep for its five wide receivers. What do you think about and Record potentially not making the roster? Do you think he's a lock, or do you think there's maybe like do you think there's a potential chance that he's not on the Eagles in 2022?
0: I think most likely he'll be here, but uh, and look, the cap hit or the dead money is uh, is a lot. I mean, it's uh, it's significant. It's a significant amount, and certainly it's embarrassing when you cut a, a first round sure. pick sure, you know from three years earlier. But yeah, I mean he. From a football standpoint, there's no reason to keep him now. Yeah. I think Devon Allen's a long shot. I mean, he hasn't played in six years. He hasn't played really played full time in eight years since 2014. Yeah. Uh, so to think he can come in and you know after running track at a you know world you know at a at a world class level all of the years, think he can come in and change sports. I think it's it's asking a lot. Obviously, For he's sure. he's in pretty good shape. Uh, so you know we'll see how it goes, but uh, you know, and then there's other guys. There's like you know, uh, Britton Cove. You know, there's yep. there's other receivers um, who you know will will certainly have a chance. Um, personally, I I really think they should cut ties with Rager. Just I agree. He needs to change the scenery. They need to get him out of here. The cap hit is significant, but how he how he can figure that out? He you know he he's a, he's a genius when it comes to the cap. So. Uh, I think it would be good for everybody. The last thing you need is, you know, if somebody gets hurt, Jalen Rieger comes running on the field and just gets booed and drops a pass, and it just gets worse. Obviously, his confidence is shot by the end of last year. I, I don't think there's – you know, when Nelly was struggling his first couple of years, I really thought – and I wrote this and I said this. like I really thought there was something there. You know, I really thought
1: – You see the talent with Nelson Aguilar. He like could. I think Elton Aguilar, the, the drop issues, but you could see him getting open. You could yeah. see the athleticism when it comes to Rager. Like I go back to the Green Bay Packer game. I don't know if you remember the what, the game that Wentz kept running into people's backs. I think Wentz that was a game that Wentz got pulled. Hurts ended, ended up taking over for um over Hurts ended up taking over for Wentz in that game. The Packers were begging dragger to make a play they kept they kept kicking because he was our kickoff returner they would kick the ball but to the five yard line like they were not kicking the ball out the back of the end zone they were begging the eagles first round pick from two years ago to make a play like that that doesn't happen very often like the the backers were laughing at the eagles for having him as a punt or kick returner.
0: yeah pretty much and that's not a good situation so that, that was you know uh, see, what what I'm afraid of is that he's going to have like a really good training camp and they're going to, but I don't care what, what he does in training camp. It doesn't matter. Uh, they got to move
1: on from him. And, mm-hmm. uh, but that cap hit is significant. So we'll see. That's true. Okay. So I, I, you said you didn't really get to see a lot at mini camp or OTAs, but the offense, but I think that's what I'm really most curious about for week one, week two, week three, the first couple of weeks is what the offense is going to look like. Cause we all saw the Eagles completely flip the offense from becoming kind of what Nick Sirianni and I guess and um, Nick Sirianni wanted the offense to look like um, when he got to the when he got to the Eagles to okay let's build around the team strengths. let's let's build around Jalen Hurts let's run the football they completely flipped up they gave Shane Steichen the play calling do you think they kind of go back to maybe what the offense looked like from week one to week seven or do you think they kind of stick with this run first offense and kind of see how it goes because they, they've added A.J. Brown. like they, They've got more passing weapons. They've kind of got everything you could want for a passing quarterback. Do they just completely take the training wheels off and say, Jalen Hurts, either be good as a passer or you're out of here, or they can kind of continue to maybe play around his running strengths?
0: Yeah, I think uh, I mean, there were some games early last season where they threw too much, even if yeah. you had better receivers. So I think it won't be that exaggerated. You know, you know, Nick came here. He wanted a throw, and they just weren't built that way. And it wasn't, it it just wasn't working. And obviously, they can. I think they'll have the running game in their back pocket this year. That O line, and they have good backs. Whether it's you know, Miles or Gainwell or Boston Scott, they have good running backs. So, I think they're going to run the ball, but I think they're going to run the ball significantly less than last year. Uh, you know, you mentioned AJ Brown. They got Zach Paschal. Uh, I think Jalen's going to make. This is Jalen's second year. He's still 23, but second year in the same offense for the first time in his life since high school. So I think you're going to see a, a progression from him in the passing game. Okay. Uh, you know, Jalen Rager played 736 snaps last year. <laughs> Seven, you think I've about 736
1: that. 736 too many. <laughs> That's 700.
0: So you think that – like, and, and now if you just replace A.J. Brown in that role, how many more – how many catches – like if everything else is the same, and it won't be, because I think I think Hurts uh, is is gonna grow and evolve in, as a passer. But even if nothing else changes, if AJ Brown just catches one ball per game that Rager didn't catch, that takes Jalen Hurts from 61% passer to 65%. Just no. just one pass per game. That's one completion per game. So, you know, I, I think you're gonna see this team throw the ball maybe. I'd say maybe eight to ten times more per game than they did the second half of the last of last year. I, I think they understand that running the ball is great to run out the clock and keep the chains moving, but you can't win consistently the way the NFL is right now. You can't win running the ball for 200 yards. you got yeah. you, you got to get chunk plays, you got you gotta throw it. That's how it's built. Uh, you know the, the rules, I mean the way they call it uh, DPI, everything's conducive to throwing the ball. And, I, th- you know, Nick knows that. So I think there'll be a passing team that runs. I, I think they'll still run more than the average team just because they have a great O-line for running the ball. And they have good backs. But I think you're going to see a completely different offense when it comes to uh, the run-pass ratio and just how they attack defenses.
1: Rube, if you were a betting man, let's say we put odds at even on yes or no. Do you think Jalen Hurts is a starting quarterback in 2023? Where would you lay your money on if you were to bet right now? I know it's early, but let's say you had to. Let's say we're forced to put $10 on either he is or not.
0: Well, I don't bet at all. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I, I think it's more likely he will be than he won't be.
1: Okay, interesting.
0: Just for, for like, you know, what does he have to do? Like you think about what does he have to do to really win the job? Uh, and obviously a contract would come with that. Uh He was a 61% last year with 26 touchdowns combined. And what like
1: nine drops, like there was a ton, like there, there was a button called back drops, right? Like, yeah. That, that, that Kansas city chiefs game, what they had like four touchdowns taken off the board or something like that. Right. Yeah. 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 And
0: you know, so I, I think if, if, I mentioned the one pass a game to to AJ Brown. I think it's going to be more than that. I think when you look at him at the end of this year, you say that's he's he's still going to be tw- just turned 24, yeah. so he's going to be. And you look at some of the you know the quarterbacks and how long it takes them to to get to there. I mean, gosh, Randall Cunningham was the quarterback when I started covering the team. I mean, he didn't make the playoffs till '88. That was his fourth year. I mean, that's typical for for quarterbacks. So I think you got to kind of people have to. Understand that this is a long process. I mean, Big Red used to say uh, when Donovan was here, he used to say it takes a quarterback five years to really master the offense. Mm-hmm. And and Jalen's going into year two, so I think he'll be more efficient. I think he'll be more accurate. Uh, I think if he, I mean, he ran it ran and threw for twenty six TDs last year. If that number goes to Let's say one more touchdown every other week. Now you're looking at 34 touchdowns, and if he keeps the turnovers down, which he was pretty good at last year, if he goes, if he's a 66% completion and 35 touchdowns, he's not going anywhere. Because where are you going to find a guy that you know is better than that? You know, you get, get the kid from Ohio State, you're probably not going to be able to draft one of the top. And that's the thing. Anyway. There's,
1: five, there's five teams right now that have the multiple first-round picks, the Lions right. and the Texans. Are two of those including teams? There's a right. like, most likely scenario, very high scenario that those two teams are above the Eagles, or sorry, they have a worse record than the Eagles, and are if they do have a worse record than the Eagles, they're looking for quarterback. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um,
0: although I I, I do kind of like, uh, well, we'll see, but um, yeah, so I think it's unrealistic to think that they'll find someone better at the end of the year. Um, you know, you could go
1: sign a veteran. I think but, that's what he, how he would do. I think he would rather go the veteran route than go for a rookie. But again, I don't, like, I don't think so.
0: No, okay. I don't I don't think so. I don't think howie wants wants to go with older veteran quarterbacks. I, I what, think like
1: they, a, what if Kyler Murray's available? Right? Like, I was thinking of someone like around the hit like around Kyler, like I
0: think Jalen Hurts is I think by the end of this year Jalen Hurts will be as good if not better than Kyler Murray. Okay. And yeah. I don't I don't really I don't care for his I think he'll be playing baseball. I think he
1: might be playing minor league baseball. You might, you might be onto something there. His attitude this obviously has been very odd. Like it's but yeah, I,
0: I don't like his attitude. I don't like the way he played at the end of last year. He's obviously a really talented guy. Yeah. Uh, but he also had way better weapons last year than than Jalen did. Uh, you know, so I I don't know. I I don't think he would go that route. I think it's gonna be Jalen or Del trade you know a ton of picks and and get one of the top guys but i think that's unrealistic so i i think with that 10 bucks i'm gonna guess that he's gonna be the quarterback i think everything's kind of pointing that way
1: rube do you think the eagles should be the favorites in the nfc so do you think the cowboys still have a little bit of a step up on the eagles yeah i i think i mean the cowboys wouldn't they win 12 games last year i think they have I'm to be 12 just- yeah I think they have to be the
0: favorite. Oh, uh, they are the
1: betting theory now. They're plus one oh five when the Virgin Eagles are plus two hundred. The Eagles are actually plus two seventy going into the draft. See, so.
0: I don't even know what that means. I don't pay, <laughs> I, yeah. honestly, I don't pay attention to gambling. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't look at it. I don't know who's favorite in games. I don't care about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Obviously
1: a lot of people it's one to one to two to one on. It's not that crazy. Like it's pretty tight, like compared to when compared to what after the draft, like the sports book gave the Eagles a much better chance of winning the NFC after acquiring a Jordan Davis to Kobe Dean. Like it's kind of, it's kind of almost, it's just as close now where they're saying these two teams are going to have very close records.
0: Yeah. And I think that makes sense. I think obviously Dak is a top 10 quarterback when he's healthy and Jalen's not. So I think they haven't, he's not yet. Maybe he will be one day. So they have a big advantage at the most important position. I think the rest of the roster I think the Eagles are probably better than Dallas. You know, Eagles haven't swept the Cowboys in, in 11 years, really 2011. So they kind of got a feel like they got a little bit of a block with the Cowboys and until they can get past that. I mean, you can win the division without sweeping them, but you can't let them beat you twice. So they got to figure out how to beat the Cowboys. They've been, they lose to the Cowboys a lot at home. They got to figure out how to stop that uh, before they can start thinking about the division. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, Cowboys
1: have owned the Eagles lately. Owned they it. have, yeah. yeah,
0: and and it's, you know, I mean, you think about Andy Reid. I think beat the Cowboys more than any coach in history. Uh, so we've gone from that, and you know, and and Doug did pretty well early, but not the not his last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's the big challenge because certainly I don't, I don't think the Giants are any good. Washington's talented, but that whole that whole franchise is a train wreck. So. Um, And who knows what you're going to get from the QB. Yeah. So I think it's going to be, you know, the Eagles and Cowboys. And Mm -hmm. I I think the Eagles have a a pretty good shot. Uh, I I really do.
1: I want one more question on the team here. Um, Jonathan Gannon, I also think, is maybe the second most interesting person in this team going in besides Jalen Hurts because they kind of have a similar offseason, right? Howard Rosen said, I'm going to give you everything possible around you, and now you have to do something with it. Jonathan Gannon has no excuses in 2020 in 2022 the eagles defense finished 25th in dvoa last year now i know i think they were 19th going into week 18 and then the cowboys lit us up and dvoa still put it 25 so there's some give and take on that dvoa stat, but they were a bottom 12 defense in the nfl in my opinion
0: i just i disagree first of all with that if you look at uh they, they had bad field position all year because of turnovers and because of the return game was terrible i think they had the fifth worst field position uh, they gave up, I believe the, I think the fewest big plays and the third fewest or or fifth fewest touchdown drives of seventy yards or more. I thought there were a lot of encouraging signs considering they didn't have any good players. Uh, you know, they really, they, I mean, they had, you no, know, they didn't have any good players. For you know,
1: I, I, I feel like that was part of. I think I don't think Gannon did a very good job of scheming these guys up up front doing creative blitzes like the defense looked really bland no like when i was like no, i, I disagree
0: like, i think he he, okay. he did all kinds of stuff that didn't work because he he didn't have good players uh I, you know he's a he's a very good coach and i, I think you'll see okay. i think they ended up 10th in the league in in points allowed uh with you know josh sweat play had half a good year uh you know javon hargrave had had a really good first half um you know TJ Edwards was but solid. If, I mean, they you just look
1: up if you look up against Mahomes, Herbert, Dak, like the good quarterbacks destroyed this defense. Like, they did, yeah, they, they, they all, they, all they beat up on the Simians and the Daniel Joneses of the world. Like, it was when you played the good quarterbacks, this defense didn't stand a chance. Tom Brady in the playoffs, like, I, I get what you're saying. I, I, it's I, it's Tom Brady. I mean, he's done that to a few other teams. Yeah, but a, you got to remember,
0: this was let me tell you something. Um, Jim Johnson, who is the, the greatest defensive My, why, I've ever why been. I'm around. an Eagles
1: fan. Why am I an Eagles fan, Jim Johnson? Like one, one of the coaches. How did how did
0: Jim Johnson's defense do his first year with Troy Vincent, with Bobby Taylor, with Hugh Douglas, with Brian Dawkins, with Jeremiah Trotter? They were 25th in the league because okay. it takes time, and people have to understand that you're not going to come in in the first year with other coaches' players and all of a sudden be like a Super Bowl team. They made the playoffs. I think the Eagles held more teams to 17 or fewer points than anybody else in the league. I think they were tied with Buffalo or, or second to Buffalo. Uh, I, there were some really good signs. Uh, they, they played the way they played because they had to because they didn't have elite players. Now you add you uh, you know, you add Bradbury to that. You add Nicobe Dean to that. You add Jordan oh, yeah. Davis to that. Uh, you add uh, Kazir White to that, who, who's pretty good. Uh, you know, and, and so what? Is I think, the, what does this to look see. like
1: for Gannon? Like, so that's what I was trying to get. At. Like, they added a ton of talent this year. Like, they this defense is on paper seventh to tenth, maybe you can make the argument in that range. If I'm in the right ballpark, like, does he have to finish in that maybe top ten defense for him to, I guess, to say, quote unquote, a successful season for Jonathan Gannon?
0: Yeah, I, I think more than the numbers is just they've got to get into the playoffs and. And, and play well in the postseason. I mean, that's the next step for this team. Uh, I think – I mean, I, I, I'd be surprised if they're not a top-ten top, top 10 defense, but you know how have It's like you said, like the Dallas game, you know, kind of skews a lot of stats the last day of the season. Yeah. That was – you know, but, uh, look, you're going to see – you're going to see a lot more from Gannon and from this defense because of, of who they have and what they have. I think you're going to see a lot of creativity as far as odd fronts uh, and, and blitzes and um, – you know, I think he's going to use different personnel groups. It's going to be interesting how he uses, uh, you know, well um, Jordan Davis and and Hassan Reddick and and all these new pieces. Uh, I, th- I think you see a, a lot of unpredictable formations and and combinations. Uh, you you see Dean at weak side and in the middle. You're going to see T, T. J Edwards on and off the field. Is mm-hmm. White on and off? The- I think it's it's going to be fun to watch this defense this year. Uh, I, I think when all is said and done, we're going to look back and say uh, Gannon did a hell of a job this year.
1: I hope so, because I'll be honest, I was I was a little underwhelmed from him last year. Like, just the fact that he got all these head coaching interviews and, like, we all thought he was going to be head coach. And, like, he was so highly regarded. I just – I felt like there was a little bit – First year. Brendan, it's first agreed. year. I, again, agreed. I, I do – like, that's why I'm giving better than a doubt. I'm waiting for this year. I just – I felt – A tad underwhelmed. So I do think he's a very interesting guy just because, like, he's got a lot different around him. He's got a lot to work with. Rube, last question before we get out of here. I'm really curious about this one for you. You've covered the Eagles for a long time. Give me your favorite player you've ever covered, and give me the favorite team. It can't be 2017. Besides 2017, what was your favorite team you ever covered? I'm assuming it's going to be 2015, the last Chip Kelly. right? <laughs> I, I like
0: Chip. I got along with Chip for some reason. He liked me. I, I have no idea why. But uh, I think my favorite player that I ever covered is Eric Allen. Okay. Uh, good Just answer. because he was – obviously, he was an incredible, I think, a Hall of Fame cornerback. I don't know why he's never been – he's never even been a finalist. I don't get it. He had like 50 interceptions, nine pick sixes. Uh, he had four pick sixes in the, in the post-season. I mean, He was an incredible player, uh, but you know, nobody on that team has really gotten the consideration other than Reggie. I think it's kind of a miss, a misconception that that, that defense was just Reggie. There were some great players on it, but I'd say Eric Allen, he was just, the, he was the smartest player I've ever been around. Um, I learned more about the game from Eric than, than anybody else. And you could stand at his locker and, You'd ask him about one plate. He'd talk about it for 30 minutes, explaining what he saw, what he was looking for with the quarterback, how he prepared for that play, what he knew the receivers. It was just – and it was, was funny. It was a great guy. Uh, so I, he was probably my favorite player to cover, uh, EA. And um, my favorite team, you know, those those teams, those, those Buddy Ryan teams, they were obviously underachieved. They never won a playoff game. Uh, but they were really fun. When you think about the personalities, Andre Waters, Wes Hopkins, Seth Joyner, who now works with uh, – I work with NBC Sports yeah. Philly, Clyde Simmons, Reggie, Byron Evans, uh, you know, Keith Byers, Randall Cunningham, Mike Quick. Uh, there were so many great personalities. Those were really fun teams to cover. Plus, I was just starting out. I didn't realize – I didn't realize for a few years how good Reggie White was because I was like, oh, yeah, he had four sacks. You know, it's like he, you know you just start to cover this – this thing. And sacks were only an official staff for like a few years at that point. Yeah. And then you look back, you're like, this guy had 21 sacks in a 12-game season. <laughs> you know, this guy's the greatest player ever. But yeah. uh, I would say those those teams, uh, obviously, they, they all lost in, in the play. None of them ever won a playoff game, although the 88 team had a bye. They they won the division. But those those teams were probably the most fun as far as you know personalities. And, and things were so different then, uh, Brendan. Like, Seth Joyner would take me in the film room to watch film and explain like really Eagle, you know, Eagles are playing uh the Giants. Let's go watch some Giants film. I'll show you what they're gonna, you know, I'll show you what uh, you know, what they're gonna do. Um That's cool. we're not even allowed in the building anymore, but yeah, let watch it film. I,
1: I feel like one. the B writer's job, like it just the last couple of years, like man, like it's taking a hit, no? Yeah, it's really
0: changed, and, and they kind of yeah. used COVID as an excuse, and we'll see if things ever go back to the way they were, but it's been a gradual thing, and, uh, yeah, it, it stinks because you don't really have the opportunities to get to know the players the way we used to. Mm-hmm. You know, Hopefully hopefully we get some of that back. You know, We don't know yet if we're going to be in the locker room, but, you know, whatever they do, it's still the best job in the world. Like, Not however sure. they – whatever they limit, I mean, we're still writing about football, so you yeah. can't beat it.
1: Yeah, the reason why I wanted to ask that, too, because, like, I, I want to grab your insight. You've been covering the team for so long. And this offseason, I fell down so many of this, like, old Eagles teams' rabbit holes. Like, the 2008 team, like, I feel like they're like that was – I think if there was a year to win the Super Bowl, I know the 4 team, they oh, did yeah. they were going in. But that 8 team, man, like, they were red, red hot going into Arizona. And, like, this Larry Fitzgerald just completely ripped the hearts out of that squad back. Like, I don't think there was any doubt in my mind that they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl. In that year. Like that, that they, they had beaten un- Arizona 48 to 20, yep. I think, smoked was the score. Them. Yeah, and they smoked uh, and they beat the Steelers in that same year. They beat both of those teams yeah. in that same year. And McNabb was playing some of the best football of his career. The defense was playing really well. Like I that that 08 Eagles team heading into the playoffs, I felt like was just one of those. It was a missed opportunity. I know there's a bunch throughout the last 20-30 years, but I feel like that 08 team. Mm-hmm. There's a little
0: asterisk well, beside it. A- it's interesting you say that because uh, Dave Zangaro, my colleague and I, were doing a podcast the other day, and and we basically asked each other like twenty random questions about the Eagles, and one of them was that he asked me was what's the biggest missed opportunity the Eagles have ever had, and I said the 2008 NFC yeah. Championship game. You know that Donovan threw a 62-yard touchdown to, to Deshaun, I believe, with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, that gave the Eagles. Gosh,
1: 30, was, um, they went up. They went up 24 up They missed the two point conversion. Right, twenty five, twenty four. Yeah. Eleven good. year old me was going bananas in my. Room. Yeah, I was <laughs> at the
0: game. I, I was there in Glendale, and I, there was no question in my mind. They were go. We were going to the Super Bowl. Where was it? New Orleans that year? Tampa or something? It was. That, I think
1: it was New Orleans. Yeah, I think you might be right. I think it was in New Orleans. Yeah. And
0: I think that was a year where there was only one week between the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl, or the two champs. So. We packed for – we had to pack for two weeks. We had to pack for the Super Bowl. So we're sitting there in Glendale, and, you know, uh Kurt Warner drives them down. They had a fourth and three near midfield. And I believe Tim Howard, Tim Hightower got the first down. Um, dock, of all people, ran the wrong it way. The, it it took a bad angle. One,
1: right, Fourth and one call, it was it was Tim Hightower. Fourth, yeah. 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 Ryan Dawkins – Honestly, Brian Dawkins, that might have been one of his worst games as an Eagle, to be honest. That, and that it was inspired. his last game as an Eagle. Yeah, it was. Yep. And it was, it was Jim, Jim Johnson. Johnson's last yep. game. Yep. He passed away a couple months after that. I yeah,
0: it was so sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and and you know, uh even when they got the ball back after the after the um you know the I think Hightower scored, right? He gave him the lead. Yeah. Uh this is 14 years ago. I'm doing my best here. But uh, <laughs> you know, Donovan drove him down to the 50, and then they had four shots. And fourth down, I'm sure you remember the play to yeah, like Kevin Curtis, Curtis yeah. right yeah. sideline. Uh, Rod Hood definitely interfered with him.
1: That was past interference, yep.
0: No no flag. He, he kind of tackled him. He grabbed his feet or his legs. And Rod yeah. Hood, former Eagle. And that was it. And it was really the end of an era, you know, because, I mean, that was the last NFC Championship game they got to till 17. And it yeah, was – I think McNabb played
1: one more year, right? And then they traded they – traded. Yeah. Washington right that was the, yeah, and that they was, made the playoffs
0: they actually played well yeah. at the end I mean Donovan had a good year in 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 09 but hmm. uh yeah then then they fell apart in the postseason but yeah yeah that was the last year they won a playoff game till 17.
1: wow I, I did not yeah. know
0: which howie would always give me a heart he's like you really <laughs> have to keep saying we haven't won a playoff game in eight years it's like yeah I have to do it till you win one got to bring it up um, baby but yeah that was that team was was really really good and i i didn't think they had a chance to lose that obviously kurt warner anytime you're facing a hall of fame or you have a chance to lose but yeah I, I really thought they were gonna win that game
1: yeah rube thanks so much for doing this man really appreciate it i could talk to you forever about old eagles good stuff, stuff. good questions go. appreciate yep. it i'll to um, yeah for sure let's definitely do it again during the year why before you go just let the listeners know where they can all find your work NBC
0: Sports Philadelphia, uh, we, we that's our website. And then our podcast is on all the usual uh, Art 19 and Spotify. And I don't know, you probably know better than me where it is. Google. Apple yeah, Spotify, Wherever you get your podcasts, it will be. Wherever there. you get your podcast. Yeah. It's called Eagle Eye with Dave, uh, Dave Zangaro. Uh, if you like listening to the radio, I'm on WIP here and there. I think I'm on Saturday, this Saturday, uh, over at Parks Casino from 1 to 3 with Elliot. Okay, uh, Elliot cool. Shore Parks. Yeah, uh, does a great job, and uh, yeah, yeah. W- where else? Where else can you find my stuff? That's probably about it.
1: Well, make sure to follow Rube at Rube and oh, and Twitter yeah. I, See, on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, I'm
0: bad it. at promoting myself. <laughs> I
1: I got to do a better job with that. You got to hype yourself up, man. But uh, right. again, man, thanks so much for doing this. We'll talk during the year, and um, yeah, enjoy. I guess you got a little bit of a vacation time now, and then enjoy training. Oh, get- I would say one more thing. Yeah, I'm going to Cooperstown. I've never been there. Okay, cool. I've never been to the Baseball
0: Hall of Fame, so looking forward to that.
1: Is he in- Are you going for the induction ceremony or are you just going?
0: No, I'm just going on a yeah. random day. It, it, gotcha. It'd be too crowded on induction day. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's so cool. I'm just going to go on a random Wednesday. Roop, thanks so much man, I appreciate it.